Hello and welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League? My name is Emmanuel Penklis and joining me, as always, looking fresh-faced with a new haircut, Michael Corbin. Michael, how are you? Emmanuel, I am good, thank you. It's been, I, I watched a lot of rugby league this weekend and I think the first thing that we need to talk about, it's the, it's the, the big news out of the weekend, is the Newcastle nightmare. Uh, the Knights... <laughs> The Knights obviously had a very, very tough weekend. Not only did they lose to the last place Bulldogs, but they also lost Andrew McCulloch and Connor Watson for what looks like to be the season is probably the season. Uh, McCulloch is a very small chance of coming back, but it's it seems very unlikely. His hamstring tore completely off the bone from what I've read. And... Connor Watson had the worst injury that you can have in sports, which is an Achilles tear. And yeah, their depth at hooker has been tested all season. They obviously signed Jaden Braley and he went out early in the season and now they've lost two other replacements. So they're looking a bit slim in that hooking role. And I don't know. I, I think, I think it might mean the end of the Knights title hopes this season. Well, we sat here last week. We dished out our praise. I gave them an A minus. I caught up with a Newcastle fan who listens to this podcast midweek. He told me that my banter was also A minus because I gave his team an A minus. And now we're looking at a possible decline in where Newcastle go from here. Um, we sat here last week and talked about um, their draw running home. It's a, it's a very good run for them. But their premiership chances have just been dealt a massive blow. I mean, to lose one hooker is a killer, but to lose your backup is is, is even a bigger problem. And, um, yeah, things don't look good for Newcastle going forward. Um, it's one of those games they started off, they were out of it before they were in it, really. It's like the Cowboys game all over. Very, They didn't turn up. Um, it's a problem they've had for a couple of seasons now. And it, I think that that sort of attitude compounded with the loss, uh, with the injuries they've had is going to be really costly for them. Yeah, well, one of the one of the stats that the commentators just kept on bringing up, and it's something that I hadn't realised before this game, was they have not won two games in a row since the resumption of the season. Is that right? That, that is right. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So I, I was a bit more critical of the Knights. They were, they were sitting in the top four, so I had to give them a high grade. They were, I gave them a B plus. I was a bit more yeah. critical than you. I just hadn't seen enough out of them. And in a game where Caelan Ponger and Mitchell Pearce needed to step up, they went missing. And to lose to the Bulldogs, I know the conditions are bad. I know that morale was low after losing two players. But this happens. This is rugby league. The Roosters had it happen to them uh, three, four weeks ago when they lost Radley and uh, Sam Verrills within 10 minutes of each other. And they still managed to get a win. You need to be able to win these games. It doesn't matter who your opponent is. Uh, sorry, it does matter who your opponent is in that situation. You needed to beat the Bulldogs. Like, come on. Yeah. That's, the, that's their second win of the season. This is unacceptable from the Knights. And it, Mitchell Pearce knew it. Mitchell Pearce said that uh, he was embarrassed that his fans had to go out there and watch 80 minutes of what they put on. And that shows that, yeah. you know, they, they knew that they underperformed. Yeah. It's a, um, yeah, it's, it's Newcastle looking at a very, very different sort of, uh, thing now compared to how they would have looked had they won on the weekend. 
Um, the Roosters had an uninspiring win over the Warriors. Uh, the Raiders were gutsy against South, so both jumped up a place on the ladder. Newcastle fall um, to sixth spot um, in a game where, had they been on, they could have really improved their for and against, um, which is not as good as any of the teams above them. Um, or it's equal with the Raiders, but not as nowhere near as good as any of the other teams in the top four. Um, so a, an opportunity gone missing for Newcastle and uh, problem times ahead. But, you know, this is the thing that they, they brought in the new coach. Uh, the new coach has been in good systems at the Roosters in Melbourne. And you hope that he is able to steer the ship and, and gather and pull it together like um, Nathan Brown could not last year. Um, and you, Newcastle were in the in, in a good position last year and they, they ultimately didn't make the finals. And you hope that this year, I think for the sake of the club and the fans and the game, you hope that Newcastle can um, turn it around. But with those injuries, it's not going to not gonna be easy. Yeah, I look, the, the big problem is their attack. It just looks so stale. There's nothing, unless Caelan Ponger pulls something out of his bag of tricks, which he just hasn't been doing, they... They just look listless in attack, and it's you know that's that's one of the reasons why you mentioned their point differential. They're they're getting these close wins, but they're not blowing teams out of the park, which you need to do, I think, to really show your title, uh, your straps as a title contender. So yeah, I think. Sorry, Knights fan, this isn't your year. Uh, I think Adam O'Brien's a good coach, though. I think there's good signs here, but I think it's you know. A lot of Knights fans are talking top four. We've got this this year. We're going to be up in. We're going to be up in that race. Unfortunately, that doesn't look to be the case after this weekend. Yeah, especially with Melbourne this weekend. We we know the run is generally easy, but um, for morale, after losing um, a player like McCulloch, um, losing Watson as well, you'd want to come down and 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 try and bounce back in a situation like that. Instead, you're up against Melbourne. So, um, who are Five wins in a row. Um, not going to be easy for Newcastle. So, um, yeah, not great for them. There's a lot, lot going on this week, Corbs. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of players are re-signing or changing teams. There's a bit of player movement going on. Uh, you have to remember that uh, teams. There is that August third deadline as well for deals to happen for players to switch clubs. Uh, that's been yep. moved from the June 30 deadline. So that August 3rd deadline is also when Sonny Bill needs to re-sign by. We'll hit on that a bit later. Uh, but some re-signing news. Uh, Luke Keary has re-signed with the Roosters for uh, a three-year deal for $2.8 million. Now, the reason I love this deal is he's not getting paid a million dollars. He, he could have got a million dollars from half the clubs in the NRL. A lot of teams would have paid him for it. He's decided to take less to stay with the Roosters, to stay under Robbo. And it just shows you that if you have a winning culture and a team that has success, players want to go there. Yeah. Massive, massive boost for the Roosters. Um, I think with Flanagan there and Kiri re-signing, it really does just sort of you know ensure that... Um, you know, their future's locked in for the next few years. They'll have players come and go. Um, they're really good at bringing in players and then dispatching them for a higher value. They get the most out of them that other clubs just can't do. Um, a massive boost for them. And I think if Luke Keary, who has won three premierships 
and players in the top four team is willing to um, take unders to stay with the Roosters. It, it makes the Gold Coast Titans investment of David Fafita um, look like a, uh, it's going to need to be the deal of the century, I think. He's going to have to do a lot of things for the Titans to get their money worth. Um, we've spoken about this before. It's obviously sort of like a halo effect. You, you, bring, you bring the good player in in the hope that others will follow, that membership will sell, that crowds will be boosted. Um, it adds um, a bit of media hype to the club. And I guess that's what they're paying the extra money um, for Fafita for. But at the same time, he's so young um, and he really needs to perform. So um, interesting to see how he's going to go next year. But given he's currently in a team that's not doing that well either, what's the difference? Yeah, well, to be fair, he hasn't played the. He's actually won both games that he played in for the Broncos, but yeah, uh, the the one thing, you know, I I haven't disliked what the Broncos. I think uh, the Titans have done. They overpaid for the feeder. I think three point five million dollars over three years is too much for a second rower, despite yeah. how despite how good he may be. That's it's you need to fill your your spine with that kind of money. Even still, I don't think any player is worth that much in the NRL based on what the salary cap is. Their Titans Titans are going to have a really good forward pack next year. They're going to have Mo Fodawaka. They're going to have Tino Fasuamala'i from the Storm, who has been fantastic this year. They've signed Herman SASA uh, from the Knights. Uh, and they're going to have David Fafita at second row. So their forward pack's looking strong. But what does that remind you of? A strong forward pack and a and a poor spine with an overpaid five eight. Who does that remind you of? Uh, the Bulldogs, the Broncos, <laughs> the team that he's leaving. <laughs> Anthony Milford's yeah. on a million dollars. Ash Taylor's on a million dollars. Your spine is not as great as it should be, and you've gone and overpaid a second rower. I think there's some troubling signs there for the Titans. No. Uh, in I fairness, don't... in fairness, there are reports they they're clearing out. Some of the, not so much dead wood, but it, well, some of it is. So they're clearing out some players they don't need either. Um, Ryan James has signed with the Raiders for next year from memory. Um, yeah. Bryce Cartwright is looking for a Sydney club for personal reasons. Um, there are two signatures um, that the Titans, well, there are two players that the Titans would be happy, very happy, I think, to, to see the back of, particularly Cartwright, not so much James, but at the same time, if, if, if there's, churn there and you're getting rid of players that were good at a, t- a period of time and they've gone, you're in a very different position to the Broncos that stuck with players like Darius and Jack Bird on their books. Yeah. Well, I think Darius, is, this is Darius's last season. Milford's a big issue for the Broncos. But look, we've spent enough time talking about them. We don't need to discuss them any further this week. Uh, another player who looks like he has re-signed is Stephen Crichton. From the Panthers, yeah. Now yep. he's he's nineteen years old, and he has. I'm 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 calling it right now. He's been the best center in the competition this season. He has looked so good out there on that left edge, and he he continues to score tries. He's got a great passing game, and the one team that were chasing him heavily to think to I think play fullback was the Bulldogs, and he's decided to stay with the Panthers, the team that he was a junior in. And, yeah, uh, great signing for the Panthers. Good to see him stay there. Yeah, great news for the club. Massive boost as they come into this period. And um, he has been outstanding this year. So I always like it when a club re-signs a junior, which is um, hopefully what's going to happen with Alex Johnston, who 
Well, I don't think he's a good fullback. I do think he's a good winger. Um, he's a premiership winner. They're hard to come by. Um, um, and I think uh, uh, on the wing for South, he, he's a great try scorer. He's a great finisher. And there is no reason for South to be getting rid of him. The other news is that the, the dog, which we touched on last week, is that um, the dogs had landed Kotrick. And now they've now Cam- sorry, Canberra have signed Corey Harawira Naira for the next two and a half years. So it's a bit of tit for tat between the Bulldogs and Canberra, but uh, more um, think, pieces falling into place. I think there might be one other movement from Canberra to the Dogs, and it might be Curtis Scott. Now, I don't know how good that's going to be for the Dogs because Curtis Scott has been very, very poor of late. But yeah, Dogs, dogs still trying to fill up their roster for next season by signing. Uh, signing Canberra players. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see how that goes. Would, would you sign him? I mean, I understand he's a premiership winner and you're a club with a lot of money um, and in desperate need of some outside backs. But I, I, this is one of the problems where I think a, a club is just desperate to land the big signing. You're better off waiting. I mean, I don't think he's a player. Is he a he's premiership winner? With Melbourne? 2017? 2017? Was he then? Was he yeah. there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I didn't think he'd been around that long. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think there's been a couple of off-field issues since then and he's lost the form that was uh, once, you know, at one point his name was being tossed around for origin and that's definitely not the case anymore. Yeah. Look, and sometimes sometimes you just don't click with a team. It doesn't work. Sure, a bit of that. We've seen a bit of that before. Um, players just, just don't gel. And I think coming from a, a, a place like Melbourne and someone who was you know, a fringe player at Melbourne, to go to a club um, like Canberra, you just might not work there um, as, and play there as well as you did before. So um, if the dogs nab him, I, I, I don't think it's a good investment unless they're getting him on a, on a very cheap deal. Yeah, agreed. Now, the big one of the big pieces out of the weekend was the blunder from the bunker. For those who didn't see it, they the, the Dragons... Uh, ball went into the in goal. Matt Dufty's right hand grounded the ball, and over the top came Jack Williams. Uh, we saw two replays initially. Both of those replays showed that Jack Williams may have got to the ball first. Uh, Bunker made a decision, and then a third replay was shown, and that third replay clearly showed that Matt Dufty's grounded the ball before Jack Williams, and it cost Dragons a try. Now, Dragons fans are going to say that it cost them the game because the scoreline was 24 to 28. Uh, this happened early in the game. So there's no excuse for the Dragons not to win that game. Yes, it was a costly decision, but there was plenty of time to make up for it. I don't want to hear that. It's bullshit. Now, it was a terrible decision by the bunker, though. The bunker is there to get these decisions right, and they screwed up. They screwed up big time, and the two officials in the bunker have now been, uh, been removed. <clears throat> And yeah, it, it's going from bad to worse for the bunker. There's been calls for it to be axed for years since the moment it came in. It's taken too long. There's all these issues. They're over-policing the game. And this could be the final straw, Manu. Yeah, look, I, I don't agree. I think that, that what happened on the weekend, I, I completely agree that was the wrong call. Sorry, I don't, I don't agree with the scrapping of the bunker. I think the fact that the decision was so obvious after three views and was so incorrectly decided by the bunker shows that there are too many 
too many things going on in the decision makers' heads when they're making the decision. Firstly, um, they want to get it right. They're copying scrutiny. They've got to remember what the ref called on the field. They've got to, I saw a stop clock in there for them to make their decisions. Um, There's just all these things going on. And I, I just don't understand. I think as a game, we should be stripping it right back. And I think a decision like this is the perfect opportunity to demonstrate that, you know what? They can't get these simple decisions right. Why are we having them go back and check replays and camera angles of things that happened on the 30-meter line and the 20-meter line in the build-up to a try and what happened in back play and getting them to make a call on foul play and everything? They should be restricted to these in-goal decisions. It would make their job so much easier. We shouldn't worry about time limits and getting them to speed up their decision-making process because that's how mistakes happen. If they have less time in the in the if they have less time in the lead up of the try to to check things, so if they have less things to check when a try ha- when a try happens, you know how a ref says go back and check everything. If you stripped all that out, and the only thing they can check is what happens in the in goal area, what happens in the in goal area, it saves all the time in the world. You just leave them at that, and then the captain's challenge, you leave it at one or you increase it to two, and for the captain's challenge. Only then can the bunker be, be brought in to evaluate something else. I agree. I think there's still a place in the game for the video ref, per se. And uh, I, think, I think you're right. It needs to be stripped down. They're, they're checking too much. Their job has become way too overcomplicated. They're checking everything from high shots to infringements in the play of the ball to uh, shepherds that happen 20 metres away around the play of the ball. There's, there's too much going on. It's it's getting ridiculous, and this is what takes time. When you when a when a long range try gets scored, more often than not, it will go up to the video ref because it's like, yeah, we we can't remember what happened back there. Just make sure you go check it. Make sure that there was nothing wrong that happened back there. All right? It's 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 gotten too much, and the pressure's too high on them. And you know they've been there, they've under so much pressure to get it right, but in a short amount of time that these mistakes happen, and they've happened too often. So yeah, I yeah. think um, a big a big overhaul of the bunker and the refereeing needs to happen soon. Yeah, part of the problem is that we're we're seeing the bunker overstep its ground. I think the thing is they try and rule everything in black and white, but their role in the game is in such a grey area. Um, there was that game uh, a couple of weeks ago, Parramatta, and I think it was Manly, where the decision went upstairs. But the referee sent it upstairs. Sorry, there was a captain's challenge. It got sent upstairs by the ref. And during that captain's challenge, the ref said, and check all this. And that's not what they're meant to do. No. Captain's challenge is the captain wants to look at a specific thing and the ref and the bunker overreach it. If you strip it back, if you simplify what the bunker has to do and we don't show these stupid replays, if they can't be changed, then there'll be less sort of second-guessing. I think a lot of this is, a, is referees second-guessing what they're seeing and worried they're going to make the wrong call. And the other thing, sorry, Corbs, while we're on this rant, there's something I absolutely have to say. The stupid on-field decision has to go. It has to go. It is the most pointless thing in rugby league because referees who have no freaking idea what the hell just happened are making some stupid decision about what they think happened. How can you go upstairs to evaluate whether it was a try or not, but have to make a decision about whether you think it was beforehand? Who cares what they think? They weren't even there. They couldn't, I agree. they couldn't tell what happened. That's why they're sending it up. I agree. It should, it, there's so many decisions where 
the refs go, oh, we'll send it up for a try. And it's like, oh, there's inconclusive evidence to overrule the try or the opposite way around. And really, you probably think it should go the other way. It'll take out some of that gray area that you talked about. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's bad. We don't want to have to talk about this stuff. We want to talk about the good things in rugby league. We want to talk about players having great weekends. But when stuff like this happens, it has to be talked about. And it's unfortunate. This should be happening. And someone needs to fix it. Who's that someone going to be, Emmanuel? Who is that going to be? Who is the Mr. Fix-It that's just sitting on the sidelines? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there's a, there's, a guy, there's a guy out there whose name rhymes with bus. <laughs> and his name is not Russ. Uh, yeah, speaking of Gus, he's, uh, apparently he has taken up a position inside the NRL. Uh, he's going to be uh, looking at player development and, you know, trying to improve the grassroots football is something that he is definitely passionate about. Uh, it's, you know, it's what he's always done. He's always looked after. He's always been a good coach and a good mentor to players. And, you know, the names of players that he's brought up through the ranks is endless. And hopefully he can reinvigorate uh, the youth rugby league community especially in those countries uh, in the Pacific Islands as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's, he's a proven, he has a proven track record of success. He's a premiership winner. He's an origin. He's New South Wales' most successful origin coach. He was the coaching director at the Roosters from 02 to 04 when they had all that success um, in all three grades. Um, he went to Penrith. He turned the club around, and now you're seeing the results of that. He is the man that you want inside the tent rather than outside the tent. He clearly has some sort of um, connection with Peter Volandis. Um, Peter seems to um, bounce ideas off Gus anyway. Um, I, I think it's great. Who knows how it's going to begin. Um, I, I imagine it will eventually uh, lead to a transition for Gus into some sort of role on the commission or something like that. Um, he is too talented to be wasted. And I think also that if Gus can fix the game up and, and, and give his creative input, it might actually work for the NRL in another way where Gus's current employer, Channel 9, might be more likely to do a long-term deal with the NRL. So watch this space on that. Yeah, and if Gus fixes things that he doesn't like in the game, it leaves him less time to critique the game while he's also on commentary. So it could, have, could be a good thing for the NRL. Uh, yeah, I eventually see him somewhat you know he's always said give me the referees i'll fix him in i'll fix him for free so let's hope that he actually you know he he eventually ends up in that role i don't care about the conflict of interest whatever uh but you spoke about peter volandis he has in that same press conference where he said gus has got a position in the nrl uh he also gave it a little another little nugget uh that he would waive the rule that a player is allowed to have two contracts with separate, uh, separate leagues, uh, and the big, the big thing around this is that it allows Sonny Bill to return to the NRL. Yep, very interesting on this one. So obviously, very good signs for the Roosters uh, with Sonny Bill looking like he's on his way back, and Peter Volandi's happy to accommodate that. Um, there are obviously other players over there. From memory, Darcy Lusick is also contracted to. Yep. Um, the Toronto Wolfpack. 
There's you've got other um, talented players. Uh, James Maloney's just sitting around roaming through France and the rest of Europe at the moment. Um, if you could bring some of these players back, um, it, it does as the as has been raised. It can create a, a can of worms in terms of what happens if players want to go play with other leagues in other sports, um, such as a stint in rugby union. Um, we know this has been an issue in the past with players like Gaznir, um and I think Wendell as well, who wanted to do something back in the day. Um, but it, look, I think it's anything that brings big name players to clubs um, is obviously a good thing. There is obviously going to be some controversy around the fact that the Roosters can accommodate him, given their talent um, and their success. But um, I think good salary cap management might play a role in that. Um, and also, it's not the sunny bill of seven years ago as well. So I think you're paying him. You're not paying him for his on-game skill, and that's why they're getting him cheaper. But he brings a he brings a presence. He brings a state of mind um, that a lot of players just don't have. And it, it's sort of where the Roosters got value in someone like Cooper Cronk coming to the club in the first place. Yeah, he's not. He's going to play four games of the regular season, and then whatever the Roosters make in the finals is also what he's going to play. He's not going to be starting. He's not going to be playing eighty minutes. He's going to be probably coming off the bench. Robbo said in twenty to thirty minute bursts. Uh, so it's more of a you know what he can do for the club externally rather than on the actual field. The culture that he brings, the the professionalism that he brings. You you hear young players, Boyd Cordner, for example. Uh, was in that 2013-14 Roosters side with Sonny Bill. And the lessons that he learned from Sonny Bill at that time made him the player that he is today. So just the professionalism or what Sonny can teach these young Roosters uh, is going to be uh, is so beneficial for them in the long run. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, obviously. Uh, <laughs> if, he, if he can come on and do 20, 30 minutes of damage, fantastic. We need that boost at the moment. We're, we're dragging our feet a bit, so... Very happy to accommodate him. Yeah. Um, and then you compare a club that sort of has all their ducks lined up to a club that really doesn't. Uh, the Warriors are in the news this week. Obviously, they've had a few players return home. They sacked Kearney weeks ago. They are still without a coach for next season. Uh, and they are doing a whole lot of declining of coaches, but they haven't got one lined up yet, Corpse. Yeah, uh, they've they've said no to Jeff Tui. Apparently, he didn't meet their criteria. Uh, they've said no to the Walker brothers. Uh, I kind of understand that they're an unproven NRL commodity, whereas Tuvi, I think, is a bit like, why are you saying no to him so adamantly? He, you know, he led Manly uh, for a good point. I think he was a successful coach at Manly. Uh, I think he's an experienced coach, which is what they need. Obviously, what they're after is a premiership winner, and there's only one of them out at the out at the moment, and that's Paul Green. And either Paul Green's going to take the Broncos' job, or he's going to take the Maroons' job. I don't think he's going over New Zealand. If you can, one of those two jobs is way more rewarding for him than it would be to go over to New Zealand. He wants to live in Brisbane, and uh, the news that Ben Eichen will likely be the CEO of Brisbane at the come the end of the season and the fact that they work together at the Cowboys, all signs are pointing to uh, Paul Green being the Broncos coach. Yeah, probably means that Wayne Bennett will never return to the Broncos either if Ben Eichen ends up as the CEO of that club. <laughs> um, which I think covers everything in the news this week. Yep. So 
um, round 12. We're yeah. getting there. We're, we're moving along. A uh, few interesting games this week. Yeah, how'd you go and tip them last week, by with, the way? Uh, I don't even know. I think I got five. I think uh, the, I got five. The, the bloody the bloody nights cost me a perfect week. Cost a lot of people a perfect yeah. week. I think. Oh, well deserved. Well deserved. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> round twelve, Dragon South Thursday night at uh, Jubilee Oval. If you'd asked me about this game five weeks ago, I would have said Souths in a cakewalk. Um, but Dragons looking very different. They've, they've been more competitive. It's a very different side to the side I was incredibly criti- critical of. Um, you've got some positional changes, though, which did cost them a bit earlier in the season. So Ben Hunt is back at halfback. Uh, McInnes is at hooker. Ford is starting at lock. Um, Pereira replaces Saab on the wing. Tarek Sims returns. And Tristan Saylor... Uh, is named in number 17 for Souths. Latrell returns, Alex Johnston's to the wing, and Corey Allen is out. Um, Liam Knight is also named uh, at number 15. I have heard that he will play, um, but Margot has also been named, but I'm not sure if he is going to play. So uh, I'm tipping Souths. I'm not even going to argue about it. This is the week that we get it all together, I think. There's no more time for excuses. I'm going south in a close one. Yeah, so south of 10th, Dragons are 11th. I am also going south in a close one. Now, a lot of people are going to say Ben Hunt at halfback. They struggled there at the start of the season. A lot of that was just his confidence. And the, the Dragons' confidence at the moment is a lot higher than what it was when they're on that losing streak. And... Although he's not playing at hooker, which I think is his best position, I think he's still going to be fine. But yeah, I think if Souths are to really, if Souths want to make the eight, this is a must-win game for them. They can't afford to lose this one. They fall, they lose this one. They fall back down to eleventh, and it's going to be a grim rest of the season for them. Uh, I think Latrell coming back could be fired up, and I think the inclusion of Liam Knight will really help your middle. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Going going south in a close one. Friday at 6pm at the SCG, the Tigers host the Warriors. Tigers looked pretty good last week. They were very brave, very gutsy against Parramatta. Uh, I really enjoyed watching that game. There was a lot of grit from them. Uh, It was a very Michael Maguire coached performance. It it was a match fit. They weren't going away. I think at the end of the day, they just sort of, uh, ran out of troops more than anything. Um, that will be boosted this week with Twal and Ghana returning. Um, Clark is a prop um, and Russell Packer is suspended and Cheekham fortunately um, is okay and won't be risked for this week. Uh, Josh Renner is also available, but whether he plays is another question. Uh, for the Warriors, some of their players have gone home and Dan Alvaro... And George Jennings uh, look like they are both going to be uh, lining up for the Warriors um, as lone players from Parramatta. Um, And Wade Egan returns and Harris Tevita has been pushed out. So I'm going for the Tigers. I think this will be a big win from them. Um, Something like they produced against Brisbane a few weeks ago. 
Yeah, Tigers have been feasting on the lower teams. Uh, the inclusion of Twal is huge. He was so good for them at the start of the season. He's back from that MCL injury. And my man crush, Harry Grant, is still performing incredibly well. So <laughs> I'm sticking with the Tigers. For those who had the betting line, it took us all of about 30 minutes to mention Harry Grant, but he made an appearance. Yeah. I think it's going to be an easy one, that game for the Tigers. They should, they should get the win and move themselves out of night. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Friday night, Broncos host Cronulla. Um, long-time listener Camilla will be so happy. I am tipping her team, the Sharks. Um, <laughs> even though Chad, yeah, even though Chad Townsend is out, um, replaced by Connor Tracy, Dugan plays his 200th game, but Brisbane have too much reshuffling. Croft is out, Milford's at 5'8", Darius is a fullback, Farnworth is in the centre, Kenai's on the wing, Turpin out, Isaac Luke suspended, of course. Yeah, no, sorry, Isaac Luke is back on the bench. He was suspended last week. But yeah. um, I'm still going for Cronulla in this one. And I think Cronulla will score a lot of points. Yeah, uh, unfortunately for the Broncos, David Fafita was ruled out late uh, today and was unable to make the squad. I'm tipping the Sharks, but this is a game that the Sharks have notoriously lost. So let's hope that they can hold on and win this game. I know they've lost Townsend, which is a big loss to them. He steers them around the park really well. But Sean Johnson's been incredible this season. So I think he's going to take over more of the playmaking duties. Uh, there yeah. is, is there a chance that Matt... No, he's not. he hasn't been named. I thought there was a chance that Matt Moyler might be back. Um, yeah, I thought he might be too, but it's, he's not there. So no. um, obviously yeah. you don't want to take any risks with him. Yeah, fair enough. As you could probably rest him another week against this Broncos side. Yeah, uh, Sharks should get this easily. Broncos actually have four of the next five Friday night games. No surprises there, but I would, I'd uh, think Channel 9, if they had the option, would try and flex some of them out, given the Broncos' yeah. form of late. Yeah, they should be the 6 o'clock game. Saturday afternoon, SCG, Roosters host the Titans. A rare loss there last week for the Chooks. Um, I expect them to bounce back. Ryan Hall is Ryan Hall replaces Brett Morris on the wing. Um, Hipgrave returns for the Titans. Uh, I'm tipping the Roosters in this one. Yeah, Brett Morris out with a little bit of a, a protruded verbe, a vertebrae, I believe. Uh, nothing serious, but he's going to miss, uh, I think, around three or four weeks. Uh, so, yeah, back to... Back to the drawing ball for the Roosters in terms of injury. Ryan Hall hopefully gets over in this game. He's still looking for his first NRL try after scoring over 200 in the Super League. I like what I saw out of the Tiger, uh, the Titans on the weekend against the Panthers. They showed a bit of grit. Uh, Jamal Fogarty, uh, I'm impressed at how quick he can go, given his stocky little legs. Uh, ran the length of the field for an intercept try. Really impressed. He's been playing really well for them. But yeah, the Roosters, I'm sticking with them. Uh, Boyd Cordner is also being rested again due to a concussion, a recurring concussion issue. So that is something that needs to be monitored because uh, Roosters do tend to clear, uh, steer on the side of caution on this one. But yeah, uh, hopefully he yeah. doesn't cop another head knock again this season. Otherwise, it could be dangerous. Yep, definitely. 5.30, Cowboys Raiders in Townsville. McLean is back at prop... Uh, Cotter and Hampton are out. 
For the Raiders, uh, Jordan Rapana is in at fullback for CNK. Uh, Curtis Scott is at centre. Kotrick's on the wing. Bateman returns. Now, we were talking about Bateman maybe not playing a game for the rest of the year about six weeks ago. So, miracles happen. Um, this is what happens when you are low on troops and having a mounting injury toll. Um, I liked what I've seen from Canberra the last couple of weeks. Um, very gutsy wins against the Roosters and against Souths. I think they're going to win this one. Yeah, uh, they've also got Corey Haru and Naira, who's returning from suspension and uh, fresh from the exile from the Bulldogs. So I can yeah. see him shifting and playing a bit of minutes. Maybe he comes in and plays that edge role and Bateman goes to the middle. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that happens. Um, yeah, the despite the Raiders' injuries, they've looked the better side. They're better drilled at the moment. And I think their halves are going to be too strong for the inexperience of the Cowboys. Yeah, which takes us to Lotto Land on Saturday night where the Pan- uh, where Manly hosts the Panthers. Kepi replaces Gajewski on the bench. Walker is named uh, in the reserves. He might be back, but I'm, I don't think he would be. The Panthers uh, kick our returns in the back row. Tyrone May drops back to the interchange. Burton is out. Coruscant is also in the reserves um, as he looks to return from an elbow injury. Interesting game, this one, and I'm going to tip Manly. Wow. Wow. I was not expecting that. Uh, I'm sticking with the Pampers. I'm going to stick with the winning formula. Uh, they've looked really good. And, you know, last week they had they, no yeah, kick out. They had no kick out, which is a big loss for them. What he does for that on that edge is impressive. Uh, and, yeah, it shuffled their whole pack around. Isaiah was no longer in the middle. You had... Uh, Tyrone May playing lock. So, yeah, I think they're going to be better this week, the Panthers. Um, I don't know. I, I still don't trust Manly. They've, they've been inconsistent. They're up one week. They're bad the next. Uh, Maxie Evans would like me to point out that the uh, the refing in that game on the weekend was terrible. Uh, apparently, the Gozievsky uh, try uh, that was uh, overturned should have been a try. Either way, they got the win against the Cowboys. Uh, typical Manly fan uh, complaining about everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're meant to complain when you lose, not when you win. <laughs> we love the support though, Maxie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm sticking with the Panthers. Uh, yeah. can't tip against, I can't tip against them. I know you love Dez, but uh, Panthers are yeah. too Fair enough. Um, Sunday afternoon, the Bulldogs bouncing back from their second win of the season. Uh, take on ladder leaders. Oh, sorry, not ladder leaders. Top four team, Parramatta. Um, Tim Laffey is in for the Dogs. Cogger and Sue uh, are on the interchange for Wakem and Toa Maga. Um, for Parramatta, Kane Evans and Kafusi return on the bench for Takarangi and Utoi Kamanu. I'm going the Eels. Yeah, uh, Ryan Madison will be back, even uh, even though he only lasted 11 minutes last week. That head knock that wiped him out and had him staggering very early in the game. Uh, so good to see him named. Uh, he'll want to bounce back as well after that uh, unfortunate effort against his team, uh, his former team, 
Uh, yeah, Para, Para basically full strength at the moment, and yeah, I, I can't see them losing. They're they're looking really yeah. strong. They had a great win against the Tigers uh, on Thursday night, and they've got a nice long rest on this one. So yeah, Eels for me. Yeah, which brings us to the final game of the round, and I would have called this a, a big clash a couple of weeks ago, but as we've just discussed, Newcastle are in the wars. Um, they take on the storm on the Sunshine Coast. Seve's in for Brenko Lee at centre. Eisenhuth returns from a hamstring injury on the bench for Momorowski. And for Newcastle, Chris Randall comes in at hooker for McCulloch and Watson, who we spoke about. Um, Sione Mataudio is also out with Guerra starting in the back row. I'm going to storm. It's yeah, going to be hard to tip yeah. Newcastle in these games now. Yeah, uh, no Mataudia, no Watson, no McCulloch. That's three big players lost. Uh, Mataudia out for about six to eight weeks. Uh, Momorowski was playing really well for Melbourne. Uh, he came off the bench last week, but he has a torn ligament in his finger, I believe. So he's out for the rest of the season. And Brinker Lee is uh, facing an extended uh, stint on the sideline as well. But Melbourne are just too classy. Um, Last week, the Broncos stuck in there for about 20 to 30 minutes and then Cameron Smith decided to show everyone that he's still one of the best players in the game and put on a masterclass in every facet of the game there is. So, yeah, they're, they're too good. And, uh, yeah, Melbourne for me. Yep. So, to recap, we've both gone south, over St. George, uh, the Tigers to beat the Warriors at the SCG. Sharks to beat the Broncos, the Roosters to beat the Titans, Raiders to beat the Cowboys. Um, I've gone Manly, you've gone Penrith at Brookie. Uh, We've both tipped the Eels over the Dogs and both tipped the Storm over the Knights. Yep. I think that's it. I think that's it, Michael. (sighs) Should be a good week of footy. Uh, I'm really excited. That, that that Thursday night game is always fun. Dragons and South fans don't tend to like each other too much. I know that my father, who is a uh, huge South fan, uh, hates losing to the Dragons, and it's his least favorite team. Uh, so yeah, it could be <laughs> a could be a very uh, interesting household if uh, St George get up. But uh, yeah. yeah, tipping Souths. But yeah, that, I think that's I think that's the the most interesting game of the round. Uh, I think Panthers should take care of Manly comfortably, despite what you think. Uh, I stand to be corrected then. <laughs> and with that, with that, Michael, how good is rugby league? <laughs> how good is rugby league? Thanks, Emmanuel. Thanks, Michael. <laughs>